0: Hello and welcome to the Down the Road Podcast. Nick Grudowitz here. In this edition of the show, I go one-on-one with Lakeland Magic General Manager Anthony Parker, a 15-year basketball professional, 9-year NBA pro played one season with the Orlando Magic, but for the last three years, he's been the general manager of your Lakeland Magic. In this conversation, we go back and forth about what AP has been up to during the COVID-19 pandemic, the latest surrounding the G League season as to whether or not we're going to get games back this year, though it's looking like a long shot. And of course, as a scout for the Orlando Magic, how has he been helping give some of his insight as the Orlando Magic still have a draft to get ready for we touch on this season where lakeland was at the postponement of the year some past seasons and where he thinks things are going in the g league in the future it's a great back and forth really looking forward to you hearing it let's get to that now lakeland magic general manager anthony parker All right. Hello and welcome into the down the road podcast covering your Lakeland magic tomorrow stars today. I'm Nick Grunowitz, the voice of your Lakeland magic. And today we have a great conversation set up with the general manager of the Lakeland magic, Anthony Parker, a 15 year basketball pro, nine year NBA pro, including one season in Orlando with the Magic, he's been working with the Magic organization uh, for quite a while now—last seven or eight years—and of course, the last three right in Lakeland uh, as the GM of the Lakeland Magic. So let's get to uh, your general manager, Anthony Parker, as uh, he joins us now. AP, first of all, really do appreciate the time uh, during this—you know, this this quarantine kind of social distancing time how uh how have you been doing the last four or five weeks since the season uh season was suspended
1: how you doing Nick and, and thanks for having me on um I've been doing well man I've been doing well just you know trying to do like everyone else and stay safe and follow the rules and the guidelines and keep our loved ones safe but but it's also been a, a really good time you know as you know this this business requires a lot of travel and a lot of time away from your family so this has been a time that you know as a family we've been together more than we have in a while with with all the activities and things that, that families have going on so it's been refreshing in that way but but also you know all the challenges and obstacles that everybody is facing uh today
0: has has there been a lot of a lot of board games card games what uh, what is the Parker family doing during uh during this time of kind of just everyone spending time together Yeah.
1: So probably by week two, we were like, okay, we can't just keep, you know, figuring out the day as we go. We got to, like, try to find some order, some some organization, not only to the day, but just to the week. So we sat down as a family and and we uh, decided that we were all going to have a day that we cook. We're all going to have a day that we do the dishes. We're all going to have like a theme for that for that day. Um, Some we've been sticking to a little closer than others, but we have like family walk day family game night um family movie night you know things like that and so our game of choice has been uno so we've been like having some very mean uno games but we also have this game called i don't know if you heard this game called otrio but it's like tic-tac-toe on steroids yeah tic-tac-toe on steroids it's a lot of fun and I, i highly recommend that game as well
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out. That's a good. One. I I like how you've done this. So you've basically given everyone a role. So while someone you know kind of has to do the dirty work, they got to clean, they got to rebound, they got to kick out. You know, everyone has a role every single day. Kind of, <laughs> you're 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 running the daily household like you're running the Lakeland Magic, huh?
1: Well, it's it's a it's a little little easier to, to run the family household than, mm-hmm. than Lakeland, but. But no, I, I it's been great, and and you know the kids, the boys. I have a, an eighth grader, a fourteen year old, and a seventeen year old. And you know, initially it was kind of like, all right, we'll cook and do the dishes. But it's it's been really good to see them prepare a meal for the family and, and be proud of what they've put together. And you know, we posted it on social media and things like that. And you know, I think other people have started to do something similar. So it's it's been good and 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 rewarding in that way. Um, and and also it's just given us time to kind of bond and and find our way around the kitchen i've I've needed help uh putting my stuff together and and so you know we've kind of all chipped in as a family and just just ways to you know to to try to find ways to create these memories and and these things because i know you know as my boys get older they're not going to be here forever and so i'm just really trying to use this time to to create those uh those in those memories
0: Yeah, no doubts, no doubt, Anthony. uh, I want to ask you take take me back to uh, when the season got postponed because I I think we're always going to. It was one of those you're always going to remember moments uh, when Rudy Gobert, of course, tested positive for you know COVID nineteen and the NBA season is suspended. It was a real wow, here we go moment. And you know, you're the general manager of a G League team. What what was it like trying to kind of figure out? All right, where does our season stand? Where are we going? And And kind of what do you remember from that night is we're we're over a month removed from that uh, at kind of the time that we're talking here.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first thing that that stands out is just how fast everything moved. Um, I unfortunately wasn't at home. I wasn't in Lakeland. Uh, Our last game was against Erie and I wasn't able to see that live. I was uh, out west scouting. And so, you know, the first thing we heard was that NCAA had announced that they'd have the, the tournament without fans. And everybody thought that was just the craziest thing. Like, are things really that bad? And then, you know, the following day, um, as things started to move, we, we heard about the game in OKC with the Utah Jazz and being postponed for some reason. And then it came back why it was postponed. And, and then very soon after that, you know, everything was was suspended, stopped. Um, and the season was was uh, was suspended. And so then very, very soon after that, all the other um, sports did the same and followed suit. And so it just moved so fast. And, and, you know, the communication, I'm so proud to be a part of not only the G League, but the NBA, because I think the NBA was really a, a leader in, in not just sports, but just in our nation in terms of really driving home how serious this issue was and, and how serious we needed to take it as a society. And so, you know, as unfortunate as it was that uh, Rudy Gobert contracted coronavirus, I really think that the NBA suspending and followed by the other sports organizations really um, kind of was the first thing that, that the, the public started to understand how serious this was. And so it was just maintaining communication with the league, figuring out, you know, the protocols like they wanted to figure out first who had been around who, um what teams had experienced if anybody had experienced any symptoms, making sure we all were in the same place and then just as they got their information from um, you know the governments and the, the CDC and all the places that they were talking to they related to us, what we needed to do, and we just followed the protocol. it's it's been uh, it's been really good as, as good as it can be in terms of you know, following directions and being on the same page and and now we're just trying trying to see what uh what happens next.
0: Yeah, and, and, and what what do you think what do you think happens next? I know that the G League season from from what I what I've been able to gather, I know it hasn't been officially canceled, but uh, the feeling is is that I mean they're not going to be able to get things started again, which which kind of kind of ends things at, at an unfortunate time for Lakeland because it felt like that team was really starting to to hit its stride. You'd won six straight. You were twenty five and seventeen. So, uh, do do you know what the latest is on the G League season in terms of in in terms of whether or not there's a plan to get it started again?
1: Well, right now, I think the G League uh, season and the G League in itself is is really taking its cues from the NBA, and we're kind of tied right now. So. Uh, obviously, the G League faces a lot more obstacles in terms of resuming more than the NBA. So, as it's it's tough to see how that looks if if the G League does resume, uh, because there's so many you know logistical and and financial and all these things like we fly commercial and right you know uh, a lot of the uh, housing and things that are arranged for for G League players. You know that our season would usually be up right now. So we would have to find places for them to live and all all kind of things. And so there's a lot of obstacles. And and is it possible? Yes. Uh, Is it likely? I I don't think it is. But we're still holding out hope that the NBA can can somehow finish its season and crown a champion.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're going to get to the uh, to the Lakeland team this year. But you mentioned that you were out on the West Coast doing a little bit of scouting. And I'm just I'm really interested in this. And I think of a lot of Orlando and Lakeland Magic fans would be as well. Um, oh, what What's that like scouting right now, of course, during during this time? Is it just a lot of film? I mean, the NCAA tournament gets canceled. Uh, we don't really know when the draft is going to be. Uh, there's been some rumors they could reschedule it. We're not sure. Uh, how are how are you going about just trying to trying to do your scout duties for the for the Orlando team right now?
1: Yeah. So the cancellation came um, during the conference tournaments, and uh-huh. so usually that's the last time to see guys. You know, I know some organizations send guys out to to some of the NCAA tournament um, locations. We typically don't. So right after the conference tournaments, you usually go into the pre-draft combines, the agency workouts, things like that um, leading up to the draft. And so, you know, we don't have to do any of those. And, and I think it's it's tough because those are the opportunities to really sit down and get to know players that we haven't up to that point been able to have contact with, any kind of contact with. So in-person interviews or, or seeing them live in a more intimate setting where you can get a little closer up on them and... and and see what uh see what they're like physically and and all of those things not having that opportunity so at this point right now it's just about um, going back and, and watching a ton of film a uh, ton of studies you know so you move from scouting to really kind of studying guys a little closer and so we've been doing as a group a lot of a lot of uh those kind of things projects and then also just preparing for the draft as, as best we can and like you said you know we just don't know what that looks like so we've got to be ready for for every scenario, if the draft happens on time or if it's pushed back a month or two, you know, we've got to be ready for their, for both of those things.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly uh, what they figure out. And, of course, whether or not they can get a season restarted is 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 going to play into that. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about this Lakeland season. Of course, your third is the general manager, their third year in Lakeland uh, at the time that the season got postponed. Uh, you guys were 25 and 17. Uh I mentioned it. It felt like Anthony that this team was was kind of ready to really do some of its best work. It de- you guys dealt with a ton of injuries this year. Emil Jefferson, Emil Jefferson had just rejoined the team. Had seven games with you guys. You were seven and zero with him in the lineup. Um, I guess as the season got postponed, there had to have been a real feeling for you um, as kind of like, hey, we felt like our best basketball was still in front of us. Is that how you felt?
1: You know, I it's the G League as you know, Nick. So mm-hmm. anything can happen, but 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 obviously, you know, having the guys that we had, we felt pretty confident going into the to the last to the home stretch of the season. Um, like you said, we had won six games straight, and and those were against some of the tougher teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, a couple of those were on the road, and you know, <laughs> adding Emil Jefferson back to a lineup that that was already doing um, okay. Uh, is just is just a recipe for success so we felt pretty confident um if everybody had stayed healthy that that we could make a run at this thing and and um disappointed that that we didn't get that opportunity especially after a season where you know it just we just couldn't catch a break in terms of injury with Orlando so that that affects our roster as well uh, obviously injuries with us and then having to shuffle around the roster and and try some games playing six or seven guys and then getting to the getting to the end of the season, getting healthy, getting a, a full roster and and not being able to kind of see what that looks like on the other end. Um, you know, the guys I, I heard for the players, I heard for the coaches that put so much into this and and not uh, be able to kind of see it through is disappointing.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I've seen a team go through an injury run that you guys went through like you did. I, I want to say it was in December or so. You guys had a five-game homestand, and you lost four of your five starters. I mean, you started the year with Stephen Domingo and J.D. Tisdale and Isaac Humphreys and Josh Majet all in your starting lineup, and all five of those guys went down. You're right, you were playing with six guys in one game, and uh, I think it really shows the ability of your head coach Stan Heath to kind of mix and match and and figure out where to best put some guys. Well, what did you think of I guess what is what does Stan Heath really bring to this team because I've been covering on for a long time. I went to USF when he was the coach there. Uh, I love Stan, big fan of his and I think in 3 years he's done he's well in 3 years he's won more games than any other coach in the G League. Uh, 84 wins. That's where that's where the Ma- the Lakeland team has been.
1: Yeah, no, Stan is is you know, Nick, where you're sitting. Stan mm-hmm. is is intense. He's uh he's sharp. He holds the guys accountable. And, you know, when, when guys come to Lakeland, we know what the expectation is. Like, we're going to have fun. We're going to play together. We're going to play hard. And we're going to try to compete and win. And, you know, whatever happens at the end of the game, that's what matters most. And so Stan has done a great job of, of bringing that out of guys. When they join our roster, those are the expectations. And, and Stan, you know, instills that er, early on in, in his way. And so he's done an unbelievable job of that. But not only that, he's done a great job of, you know, one thing you come from college or anywhere else to the G League, it's different than anywhere else you're going to coach because you never know what your roster is going to look like that night. Like your roster could change from the morning to the evening when the game is played. And so just being able to be versatile, being able to, to adjust and adapt to all of those situations. You mentioned December 6th is when we had three players get injured in the same game. Um one was, was, was a season ending injury with Steven Domingo in his wrist. Um, Isaac Humphreys went down, he sprained his MCL. So he was out for maybe six or seven weeks and uh, JD Tisdale hurt his foot. And so <laughs> in one game, we lost three guys that, you know, were contributors at that time. And and then also at that time, Josh Majet was in and out of the lineup going back and forth between Orlando, who was experiencing their own injury bug at the time. So, you know, Give the credit to to Coach Heath, to to all the coaches, and and to uh and to Tunji and and Trent in our front office for you know really scrambling and, and and trying to figure out how to piece this thing together until everybody could get healthy and and we could see a, a full roster.
0: Yeah, and I, I was going to get to this guy later, but I I want to ask now because you mentioned uh, the job that your organization has done in in scouting and finding guys uh you mentioned all the injuries josh majet's going between teams you've got your two-way players bj johnson vic law going up and down and somehow you find andrew rousey um who i gotta be honest when you guys put him in the first game i thought the ball boy had made his way onto the floor i did not know much about <laughs> andrew uh and then all of a sudden he's just he's the swan city sniper uh he's he's a talent that uh that you guys just kind of unearth uh, What? How, what, what was it like kind of finding Andrew Rousey, who, of course, had a great career at Marquette and then ends up in Lakeland and uh, really open some eyes, including my own from the sidelines there?
1: Well, you know, when we had those injuries. You know, you go to who's available and you go down the list. And obviously, um, you know, you keep a list for an emergency list for situations like this. So you already are prepared. But then you have to make a determination of what's the best fit, who's the best fit. Uh, Trent Pennington on our on our front office staff in 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 Tunji Adedipe um, are guys that really are in charge of the, those lists and and keeping tabs on those guys when we don't need them so then when we do you know we can move pretty fast and so they they identified Andrew as as one of the guys that could make some sense um, initially we were we were worried for exactly what you mentioned like we already had Josh Majet who's kind of an undersized guard on the perimeter and then, you know, what would it look like to add another undersized guard? But we just needed shooting, we needed scoring, we needed somebody that can provide some of that. And, you know, I'd be lying to you if I thought Andrew would come out and <laughs> do what he did. But uh but I think that 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 go that credits Coach Heath and his staff for putting guys in situations that they can be successful. And you know, Andrew was coming back from overseas where, you know, he did okay, but certainly nothing like how he performed with us. And so a lot of that goes to our system and, and coach Heath and those guys for putting them in position and and giving them confidence to perform.
0: I, I, you talked about kind of how Stan Heath and the entire organization talks about the players that you guys bring in there. How much conversation do you have with the Orlando magic front office during all this? Obviously when players are getting called up and sent down, I'm sure there's a conversation, but uh, is there a lot of discussion about, you know, kind of maybe how, the the parent club wants you know guys used when they're down there maybe some of the two-way guys kind of how much how much conversation do you have with with Jeff Weltman John Hammond and those guys in terms of how they want to see guys used or is it more kind of on you and Stan Heath to, to you got use guys how you think they'll be the most effective
1: well this is this is I'm finishing up season three and I realize how fortunate we are in Lakeland because we have the support of the Orlando Magic and, and everybody in it, from Alex Martins to Jeff on, on down, uh, they've been extremely supportive of Lakeland and we are who we are and we've been able to do what we've been able to do because of that support. So from the very beginning, you know, Jeff has sat down with Toonji and I and, and said, you know, this is my vision, this is kind of what environment I'd like, this is what I want to do. And then obviously, Coach Heath is with uh, Coach Clifford in, in Orlando um, in, in a lot of the coaches' meetings, preseason, summer league. And so he understands, you know, it's very important that what we do in Lakeland on the court mirrors what they do in Orlando. So when a Wesawundu or Melvin Frazier comes down, they can hit the ground and, and not have to catch up on anything. All the calls are the same. Everything and the philosophies on the offensive end and the defensive end match that of, in Orlando. So. Um, not only if those guys come down, but if a Josh Majette or B.J. Johnson or Vic Law have to go up to Orlando, you know, it's the same thing. They, they can hit the ground running. They got the same calls offensively and defensively. And that's been the philosophy from the very beginning. So there's a lot of coordination. There's a lot of communication. Um, obviously, obviously, those guys in Orlando keep close tabs on on a Melvin Frazier when he comes down and, and plays with uh, Lakeland for, for stints. And so we've just been really happy, and I, you know, am so fortunate to be a part of an organization that that values uh, our G League team the way that we do because this isn't the norm. I, I've been around a little bit now, and I, and I know that that we're very fortunate to have that support.
0: Let me go back to to twenty seventeen, Anthony, when when you got the job, uh, you'd been a scout with the Magic. Correct me if I'm wrong. Since two thousand and twelve, right? You you kind of began after your playing days with Orlando, right?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Okay, so. Uh, you get the job to be kind of, kind of the, the, to be the GM, uh, you had not had much experience in terms of team building. Um, who did you call to ask for advice to, to, to kind of figure out how to, how to start building a team? Was there, was there someone either overseas that you had played with or worked with or, or maybe someone with an NBA organization? Who did you call for advice?
1: Well, I had been fortunate uh, through playing to to develop some relationships around the league, and so I called some of my friends that had had either G League experience in the front office role or were GMs themselves, and they were very gracious about, you know, what to look out for. I mean, it's a whole new world, and, and the G League operates from a different set of rules than the NBA, even the style of play, um, and, and, you know, they had gone through some different rule changes. Every year, There's there's different rule changes, so... It was really a crash course for me to try to <laughs> get up to speed on a lot of those things. But the person I leaned on the most was was Tunji, uh, the assistant GM who had been in the G League, had had been in Erie before our G League team moved to Lakeland and knew the ropes a, a lot better than than I did. And, and I continue to lean on him today because he's just um, he's been great, not only just, you know, in terms of what works and what players to identify for the roster, but just the every day-to-day things, the, the rules, the, um, all the things that, that go into it, which is a lot. And, you know, in the G League, we all have to wear a lot of different hats. Like we don't have the staff that, that the NBA uh, organizations have. So, you know, we have to, to do a lot of different things and, and nobody does more than Toon G.
0: Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, there's been some, you know, you've, you've watched the G League grow in the three years that you've been there. I think what, since Lakeland has come into the league, have there been three, maybe four teams this past season? College Park was added. Uh, Erie has a new parent club every single year, which which it feels like that's that's the rite of passage to be in the G League. You have to have a team that's in <laughs> Erie um, at one yep. point, and uh, I know there's another team coming next year. Um, yeah, yeah. With uh, with with all the teams that are being added, um, and and kind of the growth of it. Do you see the G League as being kind of a, a destination for some of these highly touted high school players that you know maybe don't want to go to college for whatever reason that are deciding to go to Australia? Someone like an RJ Hampton, you think that the the G League ends up being kind of a landing spot for some of these kids at some point in time in the near future?
1: Well, I, I don't see why not. I, I think if you're trying to prepare for the NBA, what better way than go? To the G League where it's NBA rules, it's it's NBA sets, it's NBA philosophies. You know, it. I played overseas and in FIBA, the rules are slightly different, the philosophy is slightly different, the way they play is slightly different. And, you know, I think the talent level in the G League, you could put that up against any league in the world outside of the NBA. And so, you know, I, what better way to uh, to start your professional career than, than in the G League and, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think it's it's so important for um, for these first couple high schoolers to have a good experience and to and to be able to come away and say that it helped them. And for the people that are coming up now to, to look at that and say, OK, that that's a viable path and it, and it works and we understand it, um, you know, because we, we want to keep our talent here. We want to keep our talent in the states. Uh, these guys that are tomorrow stars, like why not see? them in Lakeland or Canton or, you know, all these kind of these smaller cities uh, that are that are close to these NBA cities or, you know, those are those are important things. And I think it helps the G League, and, but it also helps uh, the NBA uh, to have a minor league to to house talent, groom them and you know, to become tomorrow's stars.
0: Yeah, you said keep a lot of the talent here in the U, in the United States. AP, you were a guy that that, of course, went overseas. Uh, do, you, do you think your experience of playing in the NBA for three seasons and then having to go um, overseas to play for Maccabi Tel Aviv and then make your way back, has that given you kind of a unique eye for for working with some of these players that are in a similar situation to you uh, trying to find a way either into the NBA or back into the NBA?
1: Well, I, you know, the thing is, is when when it happened, you never understand these things until you have the perspective of of being able to look back. and And now I look back at my career, and it all makes so much sense in terms of being able to do what I do now more effectively. And so, having the experience of not playing uh, in the NBA, my my three seasons, my first three seasons out of college, I, I didn't play. You know, I was in street clothes, or I was at the end of the bench, and I just didn't play. And then having to uh, spend a, a month or two in the cba which is which was the minor league team before the minor league league before the g league started the nBdl and then going overseas playing coming back and then having more of a, a role on an nBA team i feel like i can speak to you know any player no matter where he's at in his career whether it's early whether he's not playing whether he's he's playing a starring role um, i can identify with them and and, and not only that i think it gives me a little more credibility to know that the player that I'm talking to knows that I've experienced it, you know? And so I'm not saying, Hey, this is what you might be feeling. Like I I know what I felt when I wasn't playing and how frustrated it was frustrating it was. And so it's um, my career has been a, a perfect springboard into doing what I'm doing now and just really enjoying. I mean, the main thing about it is, you know, Play these seasons, and you win some, you lose some, you make the playoffs, you don't. You might win a championship, you might not. But it starts over again the next year, and and so what's really important to us in Lakeland is is the people that we bring in, and and being able to be a part of hopefully the beginning of a of a successful career, knowing that we had a hand in in uh, being a part of that. So that that's really our goal. And you know we've we've kind of had like a little family atmosphere, and and a lot of the players that have come through continue to reach out and also continue to watch our Lakeland games, which is, which is great. You know, I, I think that, you know, is, is amazing that, that people that care so much will come back and, and watch, wow, or, or there'll be overseas watching it live on, on the G league station. So that means a lot to us. and And for us, that's what it's really all about.
0: Yeah, and it's even been fun for me as someone who's just calling the games uh, courtside. You know, I root for our guys too, you know, and you see a Majette called up or an Emil Jefferson and, you know, Vic Law, B.J. Johnson, or even, you know, when I watch Troy Copain, I checked, I, tro- I checked Troy Copain's numbers overseas, John Petracelli, those guys. So you're right, you guys have built kind of a, a fun uh, family atmosphere there in Lakeland, both for the fans uh and for the team so uh yeah that has been that has been fun to watch all right ap uh i'm gonna get you out on this we're gonna do this at the end of every single podcast here on the down the road pod um just five questions all right uh you can do shorter long answers whatever but we'll go through these a little quickly and and get you out of here just kind of something fun for you um so I'll, I'll start with this one five quick questions uh the nba did the horse challenge ap who wins in the game of horse you or candace
1: um without hesitation it's me she she's a much better player but I think shooting is the one thing that I think I can uh she would disagree of course because she's competitive but without question it's me
0: <laughs> how close would it be it, would, it wouldn't be close or it would be close
1: um you know she's my baby sister and I don't like beating her badly you know so I you know she she would get H-O-R on me but but that'd be it that'd be okay
0: all right. Okay. Uh, favorite teammate that you played with? And I was going through some of the some of the old rosters uh, on your teams. You played with some guys. You, had, you were on one of those Shaq LeBron teams. Uh, Allen Iverson, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, who's a favorite guy you played with either in the NBA or overseas?
1: And when you say favorite, you mean like the best player or a favorite? No, no, teammate guy, of mine?
0: Yeah. Guy you enjoyed the most, not necessarily the best.
1: Oh. Well, I cannot give you one. Like every team I've feel like I had one or two guys that, you know, we still keep in contact and and are are close friends today. So uh, the first one, I will say I played with a guy named Derek Sharp, Sharonis Yassikevichis and Nikola Vujicic overseas. Those like are my guys. And that whole team, really, like I can't name everybody, but that whole team I was really close with. Then I came uh, to Toronto and I played with uh, Jose Calderon on -hmm. Toronto uh, Derek Martin on that same Toronto team and, and Chris Humphreys. I'll throw Chris Humphreys in there. <laughs> we were cool. And obviously Chris Bosh was on that Toronto team and, and, you know, we're, 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 friends as well, but, but those guys were, were, um, super, I was super close with. And then in Cleveland, I developed a, a, a pretty cool friendship with, uh, Anderson Verjao and Zydrunas Ilgowskis, uh, were, were the guys that, you know, we grab dinner on the road and get together at home. Like, you know, we uh, we developed a, a pretty cool friendship as
0: well. Uh, what about a player you didn't play with that you wish you had played with? Is there one guy that comes to mind?
1: Ah, that's a tough one. I never thought about that one. Guy that I wish I played with, um, I would say Steve Nash because I think he makes everybody shoot better around him. Like, it's a proven fact. So I'd love to see what I – what I look like playing next to Steve Nash.
0: Yeah, Steve Nash got guys paid. That's a good choice. He got a lot of guys yeah. paid, Steve yep. Nash. There's a little
1: bit uh, in that choice. I'm yeah, a little a bit.
0: That's all right. That's all right. I respect <laughs> it. Uh, will Toonji be the first front office guy in the G League to get a technical from the sideline during a game?
1: No. toonji has been reading books. He's been growing. And no, no, he's – I think we're all intense. I think, you know, the, t- the players know that we have their back. Um, we-, we love our guys. We love our team. And we fight for them. But, you know, we, we do it in a fun way and, and we stay within the rules. And we also have developed over the three years, you know, good relationships with a lot of the referees. So we uh, we like to laugh and joke with them offline as well. But now tunji has been great. And uh, he's actually this last year. I don't know if you noticed, Nick, he, he was much better.
0: He was. He was better this year. It's one of the more entertaining things for me, sitting two seats down from him, is is sometimes I'll pop the headset off and I'll just kind of listen to him and listen to him talk, not not just to the officials, but but to our own players in Lakeland uh, and kind of try oh, to yeah. encourage them a little bit because there's there's no one that kind of tries to light a fire under those guys. John Davis this year was one of them. Tunji was Tungy was was really trying to light John Davis's fire this year quite a bit, and I. I, uh, I enjoyed that uh, final one here AP uh what sport would you have played if it wasn't basketball
1: you know it's crazy and there's no way I could have played this sport but I loved it it uh, was soccer I, I played soccer clear up through eighth grade uh, was on a traveling team like we had a, a pretty good team and then I hit my growth spurt and that was a wrap. so uh but I but I love soccer and and also kind of later on I started to develop a love in tennis I'm not good but i but i love to play all
0: right there you go tennis is fun i like tennis i'm not much of a soccer player but uh but i i like to get out and play tennis a little bit uh listen uh ap the gm of the uh the lakeland magic i appreciate the time man thank you you've been very uh very generous with your time hopefully we get back to basketball soon uh get back to some nba action and of course the uh the G league season as well. Uh, but until, until I see you soon, um, of course, good luck. And, uh, we'll talk to you down the road.
1: Nick, thanks so much for having me on. You kill it all year. When I'm on the road, I get to listen to you. So, uh, thank you. You're, you're, you're great at what you do. And and it sounds like you're going to be great at this
0: as well. Thanks, AP. So there you have it. Uh, Anthony Parker, the general manager of the Lakeland Magic. Uh, We got plenty of great interviews, conversations with uh, members of the Orlando Magic and Lakeland Magic organization, some former players lined up uh, here on the Down the Road podcast. Until next time, uh, we'll talk to you soon.